watching TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button or whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds to rate, comment, all greatly appreciate it. So, yeah, we are here finally with the second half of my thoughts on season one of our Gossip Girl reboot. Before we jump right in, there will be spoilers. So hopefully if you're listening, you have watched this entire season. Also, there could be spoilers for like Gossip Girl OG, like the original series as well. It is just me, so we're probably gonna go all over the place, probably gonna repeat myself. Like if you've listened for a while, that's pretty standard. And yes. Okay, Gossip Girl, season 1B. (laughs) I'm pretty late. I think I'm like a couple weeks late or something like that. So I told you guys um, in some other episodes when I was kind of talking about like my plan for the rest of the year as far as episodes. (sighs) Um, This second half of the season, they decided to approach it differently. And instead of dropping each episode weekly, they dropped three episodes at a time, I believe. Which I'm like, I mean, if you're not going to drop them all together, at least like give me multiple of them. <laughs> so like we can quickly get to the end. Because um, I've talked a lot, a lot, a lot about my thoughts on dropping epi- new episodes weekly on like streaming services. Like to me, it just does not make sense. Because that format is for like binging <laughs> to me, at least. Those are my thoughts. They're most likely not going to change. But anyway, so um, we kind of come in like where we left off. And I highly suggest you go and listen to whatever my thoughts were for this first half of the season. Because I'm not going to recap or really talk about a lot of what happened in the first half. But essentially where we left off, um, Julian and Obi kissed and... I will talk about my feelings on this this thruple situation that we have happening. I said in the first half of it, I'm going to say it again, it was a bad idea for Julian to give the green light to Zoya to be like, oh, you can date Obi. Like, is that, like, that was not going to end well at all. And so there we have it. And we started off with finding out not only did they kiss, they actually slept together and they attempted to try to hide it from Zoya. Which was not a good idea. You guys know what I always say when you lie, (laughs) especially on TV shows, it always comes to bite you in the ass and it comes pretty quick and it comes pretty hard. And that's essentially what happened. This first episode that we opened up with, so six episodes for this back half of the season. And we opened up at Thanksgiving, which is probably like not a great setting for a lot of secrets to be dropped, especially if it's going to be like, a dinner where a lot of people attend, which is kind of what happened because everyone has these traditions of what they do for Thanksgiving, but everyone's life was essentially in um, free fall. And so everyone ends up at Zoya's house and just everything kind of like explodes at the dinner table. That was a great dinner table. I love some good dinner table drama. When <laughs> there's just all these people who, who know each other, but don't really know each other. And then all these secrets are being spilled. And so we, um, Max's mom, birth mom is there. And this was literally the only episode that we see her in, but she kind of helped with like facilitating some of the drama. Cause she's like one of those characters who just is like, kind of really one note. (laughs) 
and she was really just there to kind of help like create drama we know like his fathers are going through um separation which eventually is divorced because we see the divorce papers towards the end of the season Oli tells Zoya that he loves her because they're trying to hide the fact that he and uh, Julian slept together, which was just like, oh my gosh. I was just so, again, if you have not listened to my thoughts in the first half of the season, then you need to go and listen to them because a lot of my thoughts from the first half stand for the second half. Obi is such a selfish person. <laughs> He's a selfish person. Julian is a selfish person. Like, in a way that it was kind of like, oh, you guys are made for each other. You should be together because they are both, like, very self-centered. And granted, these are kids. They're teenagers. Like, this is the age where, like, a lot of that happens. And it's kind of like they get a free pass because, like, teenagers are selfish. But, like, they are genuinely, like, they just think about themselves. And they don't really think about how, like, their words or actions impact other people. Like, overall, if you're just to look at the group um, in total compared to, like, um, I was about to call him Akko, but I'm like, that's not right. Aki, who's, like, very sweet, very understanding, like, very aware of how his actions impact or, yeah, impact other people. And all that to say, like, these are all teens, so... Of course, a lot of it is them trying to figure out who they are and grow and all of those things are like, not grow. <laughs> like, these are all things that they're trying to figure out. But I will have to say, Aki was one of those like, oh, he's so nice. And like, you know, maybe needs a little bit of a backbone. But like, he's just so nice. He's clearly a good friend. But this second half of the season, Aki was not here for the shits. <laughs> Especially <laughs> from Obi. Like, that whole... Thing that when he literally read Obi, I think it was in episode eight, I was like, yes, get him together. Because I don't think anyone had eloquently, literally told Obi that his shit doesn't stink. Like, just literally out. But blatantly was like, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and think about who is the issue here. Because it's clearly not everyone else or who you're trying to blame it on. But I was just like, yes, Aki, yes. <laughs> so that was great. I even wrote down, because you guys know for things that I binge, I do notes per episode. I literally, right before, I was like, yes, Aki with the Obi read. I literally was like, Obi is the worst. Because he is. Because Aki was like, my father literally outed me and you have been ignoring me. You've literally been a shitty friend. And you don't care that you've been a shitty friend. <laughs> so now I'm not going to jump and just act like things are okay and like we can move forward. No, you need to acknowledge how shitty of a friend that you've been and you need to sit in it for a little bit. I was like, yes, Aki, yes. <laughs> so I appreciated that. Um, but yeah, Obi is just one of those characters where like you know the writers want you to like him. Or I'm assuming that they do want us to write him or write him to like him because he's kind of like our Dan of of the bunch. But it's just like, no, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't support everything that he's doing because he's just it's giving me very much toxic. <laughs> and then you pair that with freaking Julian, who was just like, even to the end, you're kind of like when we get to the end, and she and we're going to talk about the deal that she makes with Gossip Girl because I just think it's a very dumb deal and it doesn't make sense and it makes me question what season two is going to look like. 
But when she makes that deal with Gossip Girl, it's like, but did she learn anything this entire season? She literally blew up her life. She blew up her sister's life. And then her father's life just blew up because, like, <laughs> he's come to find out, which I did not see that direction coming. We're going to talk about it in a minute. But, like, all this stuff blew up in her face. And she clearly hasn't learned anything and it's like she's lying to her her friends to say that she did learn because I had the whole situation where of course and her and her friends find themselves trying to manipulate a situation so that Obi will get back together with um Julian and it kind of like all falls flat because Zoya is not here for it and um calls them out on it after the girl tells her and I didn't write the girl's name down and I'm not about to look for it, sorry. But the girl that he brings to the cabin um, where they find out that her vice is drinking and she gets super drunk and just literally causes an entire scene. And then the next day she's like, I'm not staying for this. And she makes a valid point because she's like, her staying would be um, her telling them that it's okay for them to treat her that way. And it's not. And it kind of makes Zoya like, relook at then what does her being there mean because she's going through a ton of things up to this point like it's literally been the entire season because this is like the last episode or is this the last episode yeah this is the last episode so like she's going through all these things and she's continued to like forgive and be there and like use the excuse of like oh Julian's my sister um, cause even after like she finds out what happened between Julian and Obi, um, she still ends up going back to her sister, kind of pushed by her dad. Cause their dads play a lot of like trying to get them to be sisters because a lot of, um, where they are is their fault. Cause they both had, um, things that they did in the past that kind of contributed to them, to the girls being separated, uh, come to find out, <sighs> I'm going to keep saying that and I should stop saying that. But, um, freaking, oh my gosh, Julian's dad, literally they were separated when, I, I think he said they were separated, but still officially married when their mom had Zoya. And so he ended up getting the call when she was in the hospital because we know she ends up passing away when she gives birth to Zoya and he was still like listed as her emergency contact and he didn't tell or he didn't call Nick Zoya's dad to be like, Oh, she's in the hospital or whatever. Like he went up there and he prevented him from being able to one, see his daughter be born, but also see like the last moments of his um, daughter's mom's life. So like he held that against them. And then I guess a few years later, Davis was like, oh, I'm kind of a shitty person. kind of want to apologize. Like, we shouldn't hold this against the girls. Like, they should grow up and be sisters. But at that point, Nick was like, screw you, <laughs> literally. And was like, no. And so he kind of also played a role in keeping the girls apart. So, like, they both have dirt on their hands. Um, but, yeah, so that kind of contributed to that. <sighs> but um, I'm trying to think how I want to go about this. Like, I don't really have that much more to say about the kids. They were really trying to make us like Max. <laughs> and I know um, a lot of times or a lot of like comparisons, at least for the earlier half of the season, they were comparing Max to 
Chuck Bass and like you can see earlier on, but like as the seasons went on with Chuck Bass, like you kind of grew to love him a little more so than you hated him. You kind of like saw his personality grow and like you more so like gravitate towards him. Um, whereas Max, it was just like the first half you're like, I don't know what's going on here. And he was kind of like, you have a whole student teacher thing, which you guys know how I feel about those types of storylines. And then um, the second half, like, we kind of saw him get involved with Aki and Aubrey. And we kind of had him, or Audrey, and we, um, it kind of was like, they kind of treated him how, like, he kind of treats everything, as in, like, this is just some, this is just sexual for you, it's physical, like, there aren't any emotions here. But we kind of see in the second half, like, he's dealing with his parents being separated. Um, he's realizing, like, Hmm, maybe I don't really like have those emotional connections that I thought I have had with people. And maybe I don't have those like relationships that I had that I thought I had with people. And so you see him kind of battling that, but then also like wanting to be emotionally, emotionally connected to people who are already in a relationship on their own, but then also don't view him as someone that they will want to emotionally be in a relationship with. So you see him struggling with that. You kind of like start to feel for him. Um, and you're kind of like, Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> he's an actual human being so then you kind of like see um Audrey and Aki kind of like navigating like what does their relationship look like uh especially now that um Aki is out and he is by and so you see them kind of navigating like do you want to date men like should this be an open relationship and then they kind of like figure out like no the missing piece is like one person and that person is um max and so i don't know that was interesting but all in all they end up in the end being like you know we're gonna try to make this work as like this throuple i hate using throuple i need to stop using it we're gonna make this work as like a three-person couple <laughs> and like if it doesn't work then we're all just like not going to be together because like clearly there's not there's something missing when it's just audrey and aki together and then um if they in that missing person is Max, and so if they don't have if he's not there, then it doesn't make sense for them to continue to be together. So that was interesting to watch, or, or like interesting to see how that all played out as well. I don't want this to be long, so I'm going to do some some skipping around here and kind of try to condense this to the things that I really want to talk about. And also look at my um, notes. Oh, and my takeaways. I put Gloria Grace Moretz and I was like, why does Audrey, the actress who plays Audrey, like every time I see her on screen, I'm like, she is reminding me of someone. And it finally clicked. It was Gloria Grace Moretz. I don't know if anyone else was getting that. Uh, okay. We need to talk about <laughs> Davis. I literally wrote my takeaways. I feel like the universe is forcing me to talk about council culture and the shit show that is the world. <sighs> okay. You guys know I kind of talked about this a little bit with West Side Story. Um, but in this, we... And I was not expecting for this story to happen. Like, this this to be the angle that they go with the story. Actually, I'm kind of like... I don't know. I feel like we could do something else. But, I mean, I guess if they wanted to make, create a way for um, Zoya and Julian to, like, end up living together. But, like, also... I'm kind of over all of the like storylines where we, uh, 
when it's involving people who work in like the entertainment industry and they being like, oh, come to find out they're shitty and they either raped, were raping women or drugging women and taking advantage of women. Like all these situations that have kind of been in the headlines, like in the real world, if you will. Um, there's just been a lot of story, like a lot of like our television and movie content has like shifted to include those types of storylines. And so I wasn't expecting to have it in this movie, but this is what we got. Um, and of course he is guilty of what he was doing, even though he kept claiming like he doesn't remember doing it, which I'm like, and then they are, are they're also like, he, this was during a time where he wasn't on drugs. So I don't know what they were trying <laughs> to like, what kind of picture they were trying to paint there. But all in all, he did, he did the shits. Um, uh, Julian, while she tried to, um, like support him initially, come to find out he was lying. He had the Blackberry. I literally wrote this in my notes. I was like, first of all, if you're out here committing crimes and you know that people are already trying to come for you or someone came out and falsely accused you of something based on real information that they had because they are close to the person who you actually committed the crime against and you're going to keep the Blackberry with all the evidence on it, like that, it was a lot of stuff that happened in this show. That was just like the, the, it just does not make sense. So that didn't make sense to me that he would keep the Blackberry, which is literally chock full of evidence. Also, I was a little bit irritated with the kids, like granted they're kids, but I just feel like they were out here trying to play um, Nancy Drew or teen detective and try to solve things. And they would just call it creating more problems, especially when you get to the point where you finally get to, um, the person who they really wanted to come out with their story, but then she can't because like they essentially forced her to come out with her story probably earlier than she wanted to. Cause like victims, they can take however long. I know people are always like, why do you wait to now? It's been 50, 60 years. But it's like, you don't know what that person's went through. So like whenever is the time that they feel like they're ready to come out, that's the time they feel like they're ready to come out. Whereas in this show, I feel like the girls kind of rushed it um, because they were so, again, their teens self-absorbed and focused on like what's going on in their immediate world that Julian's just like, oh, I need to know what's going on with my dad. Like, I know he's lying to me. She needs to come out to like prove that this is what he did and like corroborate all the stories so that he can be taken down like all this stuff so they forced her to come out probably before she wanted to come out and then now she can't come out because then it will implicate her friend who was essentially lying but then it doesn't matter because gossip girl is out there which we're going to talk about gossip girl in a minute gossip girl was out there and literally like um they took the pictures of her or Kay took the video of like the close-up of them and then that got misconstrued of Julian being the trying to force her not to come out all the other stuff so it was just like a shit show but at the end of the day he essentially Davis goes into hiding so I'm assuming like we'll see something around like a troll I don't know there will be a try I don't know what would happen um just because I don't know if anyone's pressed any charges so, like, I don't know if there will be a trial, but I'm sure we'll see more of the aftermath of, like, what happens with that story as well. Um, let's talk about the teachers. Because <laughs> I'm kind of sick of talking about that. I really am. And I'm sorry if it's, like, but it's just literally been in everything. And it's kind of like, can we use some different content? But it's also, like, you kind of see the struggle in the beginning of them being, like, <sighs> 
oh, you start losing like all of your, once you're accused of doing something, which is a double-edged sword. Cause it's like, you want people, victims to come out and you want them to, um, like you want people to be held accountable for the shady things that they do. But then it's also like, and I'm just speaking real world, we've kind of gone into the mentality of guilty until proven innocent when it should really be innocent until proven guilty. And so while everyone should be able, like, we should believe women in their stories when they come out, but then also like, what does that, what does that process look like? Does that mean that like your, that whoever's world then is just done, everything is done and they no longer can make a living. Like, I don't know, it's just so many different layers to it. And it's hard to talk about it because everyone I kind of alluded to this. Um, I also mind you that note at the end of West Side Story, I recorded that twice and I have never re-recorded anything that I've said on this podcast ever again. But in listening back to it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be taken out of context. So I literally re-recorded it. But like some of that kind of stands with this because it's just like, at the end of the day, we're all people. And so... And my stand, my, my viewpoint is always like approaching things from if that was me, if that makes sense. So it's always really hard, um, to talk about these things because I just feel like we're just in such a polarized, um, climate and people are either 100% one way or 100% the other way. And there's no, and there's no, um, room to be like in the middle or kind of depending on what the issue is, like kind of shift from side to side. So I'll leave it at that <laughs> and we will move on to the teachers. So these teachers, I know I said in the first half that I was like, oh, this is interesting that the teachers are the ones who are Gossip Girl. I still think that's an interesting way to go about um, Gossip Girl and who Gossip Girl is because in the OG Gossip Girl we didn't know who Gossip Girl was until the very end and it ended up being um, Dan. Whereas in this one, we know up front that Gossip Girl <laughs> is a group of teachers. And so we just like, I don't know where the reins fell off, but the reins fell off. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't understand how all these things I literally wrote. If I'm looking at all my like actual episode notes, I wrote so many things about these teachers and just how like dumb they're being how they haven't been caught by now like I just don't understand how they haven't been caught because some of the things that they're doing don't make sense also the whole thing with Kate losing control of Gossip Girl does not make sense to me because like Jordan is supposed to be the person who's over like the tech and all of that and he's creating these passwords and so they ended up adding this group of like board like a board of teachers to kind of like hold them accountable which I kept writing where these teachers come from because I don't know if I missed it mind you I did not go back and watch any previous episodes so like I could have but I was like I didn't I don't remember them being like oh we're gonna get a board of teachers and they're gonna kind of hold us accountable and it was just a weird group of teachers to begin with also why are we telling so many people about the things that we're doing that could potentially like you can get in serious trouble <laughs> for doing some of these things and we're just going to continue to let people in but okay 
And so the teachers don't like that Kate seems to be getting like super emotionally involved in what's going on with these kids because again, they are kids and she seems to be the only one who understands that. And she's like, we should be like helping them to become better people versus like trying to ruin their lives and call like irreparable damage. And they don't like that. And so they literally kick her out and I'm just like, okay, this doesn't make sense. Also kind of, kind of rewind Rafa. Cause we only see him for a couple episodes and then he's gone. But the fact that he was able to lock them out of Instagram does not make sense to me because when they saw, when they were Instagram, when Max sent that video and then it was deleted and they were like, oh shoot, Rafa saw it. Why did they not change the password? I don't understand that. And then fast forward, post that. Jordan is over like all the tech. He's the one who's creating like the passwords that change every few seconds. Why is he not then just locking out the board of teachers <laughs> and giving control back to Kate? Like, it does not make sense to me at all. Like, a lot of the stuff that are happening with these teachers, but okay. And then they're like, oh, Scott's going to be the one to post. And it was kind of, I think I wrote this down. Let me find it. Because it was really weird to me that Scott is the one who is posting all the Gossip Girl um, messages. Okay, here, I found it. Cause I was like, it's so weird that this grown ass man has a vendetta against a teenager talking about Julian, especially a female student. Like it just was coming off super like toxic. And I felt weird. Like every time I would read the post and just to see him like gleefully writing these posts, it was just like, it was weird. And so I feel like Kate called him out on that, um, a little bit, but like not enough. And I'm and for this to be an episode where we're also talking about her father who literally took advantage of women and then to have this guy writing these posts about her, it was just a weird, a weird combination. But um, so one by one, they tried to take each teacher out to try to get back control. And then um, I think her name was Shan, the old lady teacher who was just like <laughs> literally on a mission to ruin these kids' lives. It was like, I'm going to release every single tip that I've gotten. And then um, Kate and and Wendy, who I'm like, girl, you're the one who was working with the board of teachers. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, we need to get back control and all this. I've been like, no, you're the one who caused all this to begin with. But anyway, um, in case like, oh, no, we can't release all that. Like that won't help them. But then like they realize like, no, like after they get control back from um, the, the older teacher, they're like, oh no, like we need to release all, all of the tips. So they release all the tips and it causes like destruction, but it also kind of like, literally they're forcing the kids to like take, take responsibility for their actions and for what they put out in the world and the adults, cause adults are sending in tips too. And just to like grow from it if you will, which I guess, whatever. And so you're kind of like, so then what does this mean for Gossip Girl moving forward? So Gossip Girl was renewed for a season two um, during their break between the first half and the second half. So there will be a season two. This is where my problem comes comes in. So let me find this because I wrote this down. So Monet, we have Monet and we also have, what is her name? Not Lola. I thought I wrote her name down, but maybe I didn't. Or maybe it is, or no, it's Luna. 
So Hamone Luna, who's always been like these like secondary type of characters, and I talked about this in the first half as well. And I kind of said like I want to see more from them, especially since like they're supposed to be more of, and you can, I'm not the person to go into like the whole deep dive of like, <laughs> like POC representation, but also like when we do have the representation, then talking about um, like tone shades and tones of the people in that representation that we're getting like I'm not gonna get into all of that there are plenty of articles who will probably do a way better job than I will of like digging into those nuances but one of the things that I was seeing and one of the complaints that I had as well um in the first half was like yeah, these are kind of like secondary um characters but also like Monet she is oh I feel like I'm kind of getting into this <laughs> But, like, compared to Zoya and um, Julian, like, she is, like, a darker-skinned woman. And so I can, you can then see why there would be as many articles as there were, like, kind of, like, dissecting that and, like, why. Why is it always that those types of characters are always kind of, like, secondary and not necessarily the main um, characters or, like, the main um, person, like, we're following. And so I feel like kind of how we are leaving things are kind of opening up the door to kind of give us more for Monet because we do get introduced to her mom uh, toward in this back half of the season. And we see her interaction with Kate and Kate did not like that interaction at all because, I mean, I'm not going to lie, Monet's mom is kind of a bitch. And so um, that causes Kate to be like, oh, I'm going to take her down because we see her Googling things um, in her exchange with Julian as Gossip Girl and then we also see Monet be like when um Julian makes the announcement like oh I'm gonna be a nice person all this other stuff and Monet's kind of like over like girl once again you've dropped the ball you're supposed to be um this like social media influencer superstar <laughs> but that was a tongue pull um you're supposed to be this influencer superstar and you literally are not up for it so then therefore she kind of we kind of see her um, like a spark go off and her be like oh maybe it should be me so I think that leaves up the door and I literally wrote this down and I was like so Monet take over for season two <laughs> which I wouldn't mind because Monet is definitely a very interesting character but I do think we need to like plump her up a little bit they they were they did give her a little bit more in the second half as well as um for Luna because we kind of like saw a little bit more of her outside of just being like the snarky kind of like deadpan type deadpan type of a character um I did see a little bit more but like still not a, still not a lot compared to everyone else in their drama so I don't know I feel like we're going to get more of a story um out of Monet and her mom in season two just based on Kate's interaction and Kate googling her mom at the end and then let's talk about this gossip girl agreement that was made that I do not like. Because <laughs> I literally wrote, after like seeing it, I wrote, whatever they want season two to be, I'm not here for it. Also, I'm also reading another note that I had. Um, it was a combo between Nick and Kate. I was like, I feel like this went from zero to 100 real quick. Like Nick got super mad because we know David showed up and like offered the money. Because I mean, Julian is his daughter 
and like technically he would have to pay child support and so he offers money so that Nick can keep the apartment because we know that they were gonna have to move and Nick was feeling conflicted about it and he kind of approached Kate about it and she's like oh you shouldn't keep the money and then she left thinking that he wasn't gonna keep the money and then she returned and saw him unpacking it's like oh you're keeping the money and kind of like talking down on him he did not like that and he went off real quick on her like oh it, oh it must feel nice to talk from that pedestal that you're standing on that's literally really not a stable pedestal if you really want to be honest like he went down on her that was a funny moment but anyway so <sighs> this gossip girl thing I kind of compared it to like a two truths and a lie thing because Julian messages gossip girl and she's like well I feel like we still need you because like Everything that happened this season centered, pretty much centered around Julian, um, as far as Gossip Girl is concerned. And so, and Julian, which we've learned, come to learn, loves the spotlight, loves to be the center of attention, loves like to, for every, all the focus to be on her. And so I guess in a way we, we should not have expected her to be like the change to being a better person. And so she essentially reaches out to Gossip Girl and is like, oh, we need you and I'm going to make a deal with you. Now I'm going to send you like literally dirt on everyone that I know, which is shitty. Meaning like everyone she knows, she's going to send their secrets to Gossip Girl. But she's like, I'm not going to let you know which ones are true and which ones are false. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is two truths and a lie. Like what is going on here? <laughs> so I'm already not here for it. And then Kate circles back and she's like, well, I have one, um, one like thing that I need in order for me to agree to this, which I don't think she said what it is that she wanted, but I think it's implied in her Googling, uh, Monet's mom, kind of the direction that we think that she wants to go, which is like taking down the parents, <laughs> which that kind of would be interesting to watch, but like this whole, like, I'm going to send you secrets and you're not gonna know which one is true or false like oh i don't know about that <laughs> like that doesn't make me excited to watch the next season at all i don't know about you guys but like for me it's a no but i will watch it and i will most likely be back here to talk about it um and we shall see and if i don't come back that means that i gave up <laughs> Oh my gosh, but yeah, I'm trying to look through my um, notes to make sure I didn't leave out anything that I want to talk about before we wrap this up. Yeah, the whole like who has control over Gossip Girl between teachers, to me, I felt like should not have been a storyline this season. It was really, really, really weird. We saw a lot of CNN also this season, which I was like, or this um, second half of the season, I was just like, oh, okay, that's weird a little bit. Like I know sometimes I'll do like appearances, but literally every single like breaking interview or breaking news with CNN and it was like legitimate legitimate newscasters or reporters from the CNN network in the movie so I was just like oh okay which I have questions but okay <laughs> what else oh the music of course continued on from the uh first season as well still a lot of like current very very current music like Billy Olivia Rodrigo which I will say because I wrote this down um for episode 12 when they did um brutal 
I was like, that's the perfect song to use for this. Because that's after Gossip Girl had exposed who everyone's tips were. Like, all the tips and then people associated with the tips. And then the next the next episode started with the Olivia Rodrigo uh, song, Brutal. And, like, everyone fighting. I was like, this is perfect. Also, I feel like there was another moment when we had... Um, Olivia as well. I think they did Traitor. Pretty sure I wrote it down, but I can't find it. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Also, oh, the other thing that I want to talk about, SantaCon. I literally wrote, I feel like they made SantaCon a sausage fest. Now, I've never participated in SantaCon, but I've been out in like outside while that's been going on. And the real SantaCon compared to like what they portrayed in the show, completely different. Like, the drinking, all of that is still, like, the same. And, like, everyone just the Senna or whatever. But, like, also, I feel like they tried to make it seem like it was way more men out than it was compared to women. And usually, I feel like it's about 50-50. And it was just heavily, like, they were trying to make it this whole story, push this whole story line of, like, um, toxic masculinity and all of that. It was just really, I don't know. It was really weird. And it stood out to me. And so I wrote it down. So if you felt some type of way about that, I'm sorry, but like, no, that's how I felt. <laughs> mm. Oh, I found my Olivia Rodrigo um, trader note. That was episode nine for the Blackberry. Um, the Blackberry, like when they find out the Blackberry has like literal evidence in it. But yeah, that is all I have to say. We have officially wrapped up season one of the Gossip Girl reboot. We are officially getting a season two. So I want to know what you guys thought about season one, the back half. What are you expecting to see in season two? What do you not want to see in season two? Let me know all the things on social media, Discord, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currently Benjamin on Instagram and at currently on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.